0: You find your way back to your seats. Amen. Could we? Brother Ruben is coming. He's going to minister the word of the Lord today. As he's coming, could we lift our voice to the Lord one more time in gratitude and praise? Could you do that with me? God, we worship you. We trust in you. We trust in your word. Ah, we give you glory. You're our provider, our healer, and our deliverer. I thank you for the holy word of God. We open our heart, mind, and spirit today to hear your word. Let us hear with spiritual ears. Let our heart understand spiritual things. Let the word of God flow into our spirit. I pray your anointing rest upon the man of God. As your word comes to us, Lord, speak to us by the power of your spirit. In the name of Jesus, we worship you, God. We give you glory in Jesus' name. In Jesus'
1: name. Amen, amen. You guys can be seated. Amen. Thankful to, to be here. And uh, I was, I don't know about you, but I'm happy that we're, we're moving to bigger and better things. Amen. The Lord has prepared for us. And we, we talked about, you know, prayed about a building that's just, just ready. You know, and so I'm I'm excited, and there's a joy in my spirit. What a what an awesome thing to be a part of the body in this small small moment in time. Amen. Yes. Bible talks about this life being a vapor, and how how short this life really is, and uh, how important it is to be a part of the body in this small small time. Um, uh, you know, I was I was reflecting when I was when I was standing there, you know, I was you know, I you know, we've all gone through things, you know, and you know, if you've lived longer than five years old, six years old, you you go through some things, you know, and so I, I was I was sitting there reflecting and I was you know, I was just thinking of my childhood, you know, and uh I remember going through some things, you know, I I grew up in the Lower Valley there in Toppenish and um I, I just I don't, I don't it's weird. I, I was just remembering, you know, just struggle sometimes. You know, I, I didn't grow up going to church or know God or anything of God. We would were, we were proclaim, you know, a certain religion, and we never attended church. And I just remember, man, I'm, you know, I, I remember being 14 years old and just, you know, feeling so alone, you know, and that's that's the enemy, you know, makes you feel so alone, especially when you're a teenager. And I just, I remember just, you know, going to school and just, man, no one cares, no one knows, you know, everyone sees a certain, sees you a certain way at school, but they don't know what goes on behind closed doors or at home, so I just remember being so alone and just so lost and just seeking, you know, guidance, you know, and I try to find it any way I could, you know, attaching myself to people, you know, sometimes it's the wrong type of people, you know, because they hear you, you know, they have a they have an ear, they give you an ear, and so you just cling to them. And, you know, a lot of that stuff led to me, you know, leaving home when I was 16, you know, running away. And just I thought that was the answer. <laughs> you know, I, I, I didn't know, but I just I thought that was the answer. And here I find myself just desperate, you know, just wanting someone to hear me and guide me. You know, I just I just wanted guidance. I, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what I was doing, you know, but I I knew that. If someone gave me an ear, man, I'm gonna let them know what I'm going through. You know, and and the en- the enemy will do that. He'll deceive you into believing that you're the only one. You know, if you you weren't here in the first service, you know, we talked a little bit about that. You know, the enemy coming and deceiving you and trying to get you to feel like you're alone. And um, it's it's important that we know what the word says. And that's why it's important that we gather and, you know, fellowship with one another. I I have a couple of scriptures that I want to read. Um, We're going to go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 1. I'm going to read a little bit here, and then I'm going to do my best to try to explain it to you as the Lord gave it to me. And it reads, moreover, brethren, I would not that you would be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. At this point, the Lord brought Israel, you know, he had delivered Israel multiple times. You know, he had brought them deliverance out of captivity, and Israel was just bowing their back against the Lord. They would go and they would see the wonders of the Lord. They would see the rock giving them water, the manna that would fall. And they still, after that, they bowed their back to the Lord. And he said all these things that happened were an example unto us. And so um, it reads verse, verse 7. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. And so this is the verse that that the lord has been dealing with me about now all these things happen unto them for an example and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world were come and all these things happen as an example you know it's it talks about upon whom the ends of the world are going to come and this was when this was written we're we're living the scripture closer now at this time that we're at than when they wrote it. Amen. He said all the things that they've gone through up to this point were an example. You know, I, I've known a lot of people that go through some things and, you know, it doesn't matter if it's an example or not. They're going to end up in that same place. You know, the Lord said, man, I, I prayed for you. I brought you all these things. I brought you manna where you knew not where you were going to eat and. You're still turning back, you're still going back to what you know yes. he said, just because you did that, everything that you're going to go through is going to serve as an example unto the next generation yes, and so all these things that he that we just read were an example unto whom the ends of the world are going to come and when i when I read this you know i I remember being eight years old and i you know I remember the year two thousand, you know the the world was going to come to an end, you know, Y2K, you know, I, I remember, man, I was eight years old, and, you know, I, I remember, I remember standing in the living room watching the TV as this news anchor was talking the day before, you know, what was going to take place, and man, if, if I was ever afraid, she was putting fear in my heart, you know, she was saying the things that were going to happen, the things that were going to befall us, and, you know, I, I remember hearing her you know, I, I didn't know the Lord, and, you know, I, I think I was the only one at home because my dad was two, three blocks away, you know, hanging out with his friends and doing whatever. And, and I remember hearing her, and I remember running down the road. Man, I got to tell somebody, you know, and I, I didn't know anything. Man, I got to tell the world's coming to an end. It's 2,000, you know, in a couple hours, we're all going to be gone, and I remember running down the alley because he was two blocks. I remember running down the alley, real vivid. I remember running down the alley saying, I need to tell somebody that the world is going to come to an end. And as, and he, I don't even know why I thought of that. I just, I, I just remember my spirit, the urgency that I felt to say something, to tell somebody. And they shunned. I remember them just laughing. You know, I don't don't know. They they didn't hear it like I heard it. You know, they were in that living room watching what I was watching. Man, she put fear in my heart. (laughs) You know, and I I remember telling them, hey, you know what so-and-so said? And they just kind of just shrugged it off. Oh, it's not true. It's not going to happen. And if it does, then we're ready. They weren't ready. They didn't hear what I heard. Didn't feel the urgency that I felt in my spirit to say something. And when I read these words, when he said these things were done as an example, I felt the urgency that I felt that day when I was eight years old. Yeah. To tell somebody to proclaim the word because there is coming a day. There is coming a day. Yeah. And a lot of people say, well, that's been talked about. It's been said. It's, there is coming a day. Yeah. The Bible says when you least expect it. There is coming a day. And all these things that happened unto them were an example. You can't tell me that you don't know which way to walk when all these things are presented before you. There won't be an excuse. There won't be an excuse. Man, there's some mistakes that I made that I still haven't learned from. And there's some that I just learned right off the bat. But I'm telling you, I'm letting the Lord direct me and guide me. Lord, give me direction. Teach me a better way. Let me learn from these examples, these things were set before me, so I know the way to walk. I know the road to take. And I can tell you, I, in my last 10 years of walking with the Lord, I, I've never felt an urgency in my, this is for me, but I've never felt an urgency in my spirit like I felt that day. You know, and, and the cry of my heart has been to reach and to you know, be involved in the things of God the time is it's just short you know it's it's for a season you know and we think we have all this time to go and do and the bible talks about when when Noah you know he preached 120 years and they thought they had all this time 120 years is nothing it's but a short window It's but a short window, and it is important that we involve ourselves in the things that matter. You know, there's a lot of things that take up your time that don't matter. You know, and this fast that we've been doing, it's been, man, it's been truly revealing to me things that really don't matter. They just fill up space. You know, I I don't need to know about this and this. I don't need to know about so-and-so. You know, I, I have to, my focus has to be on him. I have to be kingdom minded. You know, I have to focus on the things that truly matter, invest in those things that I want to see go to heaven with me, amen. And so, um we're going to go to the book of Matthew chapter 24 and verse 34. Yep, verse thirty four. Saying the Lord is risen indeed, and has happened to Simon, and it told him Oh, sorry, I'm in Luke. <laughs> Twenty-four and thirty-four. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till these things be fulfilled. It says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and the hour knoweth no man, not the father, not the angels of heaven but my father only but as the days of Noah were so shall the coming of the Son of man be for as in the days that they were before the flood they were eating and drinking marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. And I, and I just, when I read that, I, I hear the beckoning of Noah. Get in the ark. You know, there's a flood coming. I know you haven't seen rain, but there is a flood coming. And I'm warning you. You know, there is a flood. And if you don't get on this ark, you work, you are going to die. You are going to perish. And I hear the urgency of him just crying out to the people. But people wouldn't hear the word. They wouldn't hear him. And many of them were destroyed. We know that the Lord destroyed it with the flood, and they didn't. They chose not to heed to the word, and destruction came upon them. And you know, I, I in my spirit, I just been feeling such a such an urgency to to listen, to obey, to do the things that matter. Amen. Second um, Peter. Second Peter chapter three. I pray that we would hear you know the the word of the Lord and it, it comes and it you know it it sometimes it's it's a little hard but it brings direction and it brings correction and you know he said these are just examples of what we need to be doing and the things that we don't need to be doing because he has an expected end for all of us. Amen. Second Peter three and uh, verse eight. It says, "Beloved, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing: that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day." And so, this verse is, is a promise. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but He is long-suffering to us, to us Lord, not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance and you know he he's a loving god a merciful god willing that no one should perish that includes me that includes my son that includes you and you it's he's willing that no one should perish and man and he said how you know what i think about is how are you how are you going to perish when you have all these examples Right, we have all these things to live by, and all these things that we see that they've gone through as an example unto us. There's not going to be an excuse. There's not going to be an excuse. Well, Lord, I did, I, I didn't know, you know, I, I didn't hear that from anybody. The day is coming, but He is long-suffering, willing that you're wanting to come. It has to be a choice. He wants you to come. He wants you to make that choice. Lord, I, I want you. I want you. I'm not doing this because my family is doing it. I'm not doing this because my wife is doing it. I want you. I need this. I need to come to repentance. He's long-suffering, but there will come a day when that long-suffering is going to end and judgment is going to happen on this world. And everything you did in this life is going to matter. What you did for him is going to matter. All these things will pass away, but his word will remain faithful. Amen. And it's important that we read these scriptures, that we know what happened in the book, because there is hope. Amen. There is hope. All these things happened. You know, he delivered them constantly. You know, when we were just talking about he man, he he constantly brought them out of something. And he seen they seen the miracles that he was doing for them. But yet again, you know, I, I remember, man, I, I remember when I was young and my dad would always correct me. Cause I was always doing the same thing, you know. I'm gonna give myself away. I used to, I used to love, I used to love breaking car windows, you know. <laughs> I was, I was young and naive, you know. I, I, you know, I used to love, and I, man, he would correct me all the time. Hey, you know, and I would, you know, he would correct me, and, you know, to one day I, I, I broke something, and he'd say, okay, well now you have to pay for it. Well, you know, I'm, 16, 15 years old. And I don't have any money to pay for it. You know, but he would always come and correct me. Hey, you can't be doing that, you know. And sometimes he would come in love. Hey, you know, this is going to happen if you continue. And I remember him reaching to me in love sometimes, telling me, hey, you can't be doing that. That's not okay, you know. And I remember that moment we said, well, now you got to pay. And I just knew, you know, that if I can say judgment had come to me, you know, because I was going to get what I deserved, you know. And so it was with Israel, you know, they bowed their back, they continually fought against the Lord, and the Lord said, fine, that's it, you know, and a lot of them never seen the promised land because of the things that they fought with the Lord about, and it is important that we allow the Lord to to take us to a place that we realize, you know, Lord, I need you. You know, whatever you're doing in my life, I, I need you. I, you know, these trials are but for a season, for a short moment. Yeah. You know, we were just talking about that. It, it's, it is very temporal. Yes, Man, it is very temporal. This life, they said it, you got about 70 good years, and the rest is just a blessing. You know, this 70 years is not a long time, it, you know. And what you do in this life, it's going to matter. It's going to matter to the Lord what you did in this life. And we all must be aware, you know, there, there's so many examples in this book that we must live by and live our life by. You know, I, I. A lot of the times I, man, I guilt trip myself. Well, I didn't know. But if I got in the word, then I would know. Yeah. You know, I know what the word says. We must be in the word, knowing what the word says. Amen. And I just, you yeah, know, it hasn't left me, you know, I, I, that urgency that I felt when I was, when I was running to, to tell them, you know, hey, something's happening. You know, I, much more in this hour that we're living in, there's such an urgency to be a part of what the Lord's doing. Amen. No matter the cost. He said all these things are going to come, but your eyes must be fixed on him. All these things are going to happen. Trials will come. But he said when all these things start happening, you know that the end is near. The end is near, amen, and I just feel such an urgency, at least in my spirit, to declare this to you all, you know, we must, you know, our salvation comes from him, right, our salvation comes, not in our circumstances, but him, right, because these are just temporary things, amen, and I, I, you know, I I know I don't ever have very long messages, and, you know, I I feel like, you know, I, I like you know, exhorting, I guess you can call it, you know, I just come and come and declare the word how he gave it to me. You know, it's important that we read the word and that we declare it as he gives it to us. You know, he's been really speaking to me on what am I investing my time into? What am I allowing myself to be a part of? What am I giving myself over to? And it's important that we, you know, let him examine us. You know, there's so many examples in the word and we can't we can't lose, amen? We can't lose. He's given us the keys. He's given us the victory. How are we going to fail, right? When we have all these things before us, how are we, we going to fail? Man, it is important that we read the word and we allow the word to search our hearts. You know, there is such an urgency in, in this hour to be a part of what he's doing in this, in this earth. And like I said, it's such a short window such a, you don't want to miss it such a short window amen thank you guys amen thank you jesus
0: thank you lord you talk to the lord right there where you are right now come on examples have been given to us examples have been given to us jesus in your name Jesus in your name. Open our understanding. Open our understanding. As we finish here today, Brother Jerry, could you go back to First Peter chapter three, verse eighteen? was a clear witness of the Holy Ghost when Brother Reuben told that story of running, trying to tell people and no one listening. Peter was trying to help people in his day, and he said to them, Christ suffered once for sins. He was the just. He suffered for us who are the unjust. Why did he do that? So that he might bring us to God. This was his desire, that he would bring us to himself, right? Paul said it this way, to wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world or bringing the world back into right relationship with himself. Here, Peter said, Christ suffered once for sins, he the just for the unjust, so that he could bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Now skip down to verse 19 or 20. He said, which sometime, this is the unjust, which sometime were disobedient. That's those examples that Brother Reuben was telling us about. People that were disobedient. He'd tell them something in the wilderness. They'd obey for a minute. Then they'd just go do their own thing, disobedient again. Yeah. Go do their own thing. Oh, yeah, I know that. But is he really gonna... disobedient again? They were sometime, now he's talking about Noah's day, like Brother Reuben referenced. Sometime we're just, when once, everybody say once. When once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. Brother Reuben referenced 120 years, the long suffering of God waiting. What's happening while God's waiting? Noah's preaching. Bible calls him a preacher of righteousness or right living, right relationship. Noah's preaching about right relationship with God. Noah's a preacher of righteousness at least 120 years. He's preaching, preaching, preaching. Why so long? It's the long suffering of God. He was wanting people to respond to what they were hearing, Brother Reuben. But... Like those people when you ran down the alley saying the world's ending. They laughed at Noah. They mocked him. This crazy guy in his boat. Right? Or whatever he's calling it. Ark. The long-suffering of God waited while the ark was preparing. He was waiting while their way of salvation was being made ready. But once the way of salvation was ready for them and they'd accept he. Yes? Wherein few, how many souls were saved? How many? How many souls do you think were on the earth then? See, here's the deception. Here's the deception. God loves everybody. That's true. That's true. If God loves everybody, He surely would not destroy so many people. You mean God would destroy every person on the earth except eight? He did, didn't he? Why would a loving God destroy all those people? Oh, see, that's the wrong way to ask the question. Why would all those people for 120 years ignore the voice of a loving God? That's the question. Why would they continue to make excuse as to why they wouldn't agree with the word of God through Noah? He's crazy. I don't think that really matters. I don't think... uh, Come on. That's outlandish. Uh, I mean, really, is one day... Is it really going to happen where a trumpet's going to sound and the Lord's going to come in the clouds and when it happens, the church, the dead in Christ are going to rise first and then those that are alive and remain that are filled with his spirit, who have been buried in his name, washed in his blood, that they're going to be caught up and lifted out of the earth as well. Is that really going to happen? Absolutely, unequivocally, I believe it with all of my heart, it's going to happen. But some, most, most would say, I don't know about that. I mean, really, we've never seen anything like that before. Just like Brother Reuben, they'd never seen it rain before. But it happened. And science has borne out that somewhere along the way on our earth, there was a great flood. One day the trumpet's going to sound. One day the trumpet's going to sound. I'm telling you, one day the trumpet is going to sound. And when the trumpet sounds, he's going to take a church that's been buried with him in baptism through the name of Jesus Christ. That he is filled with his spirit. What is it that's going to cause us to lift out of here when the trumpet sounds? The Bible is very clear. The Bible says, if, it's a big word, if that same Spirit which dwelt in Christ dwells in you, that's the baptism of the Holy Ghost, if that same Spirit which dwelt in Christ dwells in you, it shall also quicken or make alive your mortal bodies. This is why we teach and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Death is the repentance of sin. Burial is waters of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Resurrection is new life, the infilling of the gift of the Holy Ghost. Death, burial, and resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4 tells us we are saved by the gospel the death burial and resurrection you got to apply the gospel you say well i believe it that's all that matters i believe water will quench my thirst too but you got to drink it you can believe it and die of dehydration okay so watch just in case you're wondering see that verse right there which sometime we're disobedient When once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, when that few, that is eight souls, only eight out of the whole world. Why? Because God's not going to change His word to accommodate disobedient people. And that's what we think He should do. Surely because He loves us, He'll change His word in order to save more people than eight. No, he gives long suffering so that people have a chance to respond to his word. But watch the next verse in case you were wondering why Peter's sharing this. The like figure. What does that mean, the like figure? It was a figure. Noah and the ark in the water was an example. It really happened. But the like figure whereunto even what? Even baptism doth also now. See, Noah and the ark was that day. But now, what's what's part of the ark for us? Baptism. Even now, baptism doth save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Next verse and then we'll stop. Who's gone into heavens on the right hand of God? That's a place of authority. Angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. Stand with me today. Thank you, Brother Reuben, for the word of God. It is clear, it is certain. It's a beckoning call to the urgency of the hour. The Bible says Jesus declared, as it was in the days of Noah, Just like it was in the days of Noah. You see these continual references to Noah? Go look in your Bible and study all the references to Noah besides Genesis 5, 6, and 7. Look at all the times Jesus talked about him. He said, as it was in the days of Noah, that's what it will be like in the coming of the Son of Man. And then he described Noah's day. He said, they'll be marrying and giving in marriage. Just living life like they've always lived life. They'll be eating and drinking. They'll just be doing what they do. What was he describing? He was describing people that were more interested in self fulfillment than kingdom fulfillment. The rich man said, I'm rich, I have much goods. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down my barns. I'm going to build bigger barns. And I'm going to lay up all my labors. And I'm going to sit back and I'm going to eat. I'm going to drink. And I'm going to be merry. He said, I'm going to retire. Just enjoy all the stuff I've done for myself to have this life. And the Lord said to him, you're a fool. That's what the Lord said. Read the scripture. The guy said, I've laid all this stuff up. I'm going to retire. I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. I've been, what was he doing? His whole effort in life was for living for this life. He said, I'm going I'm to retire, eat, drink, and be merry. And the Lord said, You're a fool. Why? Because he minded earthly things but not heavenly things. But the Lord didn't stop there. He said, you're a fool, and tonight your soul is going to be required of you. And then, who shall all these things be? All this stuff you've been holding on to, building up, saving. Who's that going to be once your soul's required and you're no longer here? Was the Lord telling him he shouldn't have saved, he shouldn't have planned ahead? The Lord was saying your priority was in the wrong place. You should have been focused on your soul and then worry about all that other stuff. But the soul wasn't the priority. And when it came time, he wasn't ready. Go on, can we talk to the Lord before we go today? It's the mercy and the long-suffering of the Lord that reaches to us that invites us to obedience to his word. We have all these examples like Brother Ruben so aptly shared. God, let us not dismiss the condition of our soul. Father, let us not dismiss the instruction of your word that is clear let us not reject the truth of your word seeking self 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 only to be destroyed because we do not pursue you i pray a willingness to lose our life for your sake in order to find it in the name of jesus christ let us respond to the beckoning of your spirit i'd like to open this altar to you today i feel like i got to give you an opportunity to find a place of prayer and talk to the lord Come on, the word of the Lord has dealt with our hearts. Maybe you're like, I want to. I, I need to go talk to the Lord. I want to. I want to check some things with Him. I want to speak to Him. I want the urgency of the important things above the earthly things. Come on, would you find a place and talk to Him? Let the Holy Ghost deal with my heart and yours maybe you're saying, hey, I've gone through, I've been baptized, I've been filled with His Spirit, I'm I'm prepared, then it could be the Lord just saying, I'd like to renew your urgency for those around you. I'd like to renew some things in your spirit regarding people you come in contact with, where maybe you've lost a sense of spiritual urgency for people that are lost, that would be outside of the ark if we don't speak to them, if we don't say something, if we don't declare this truth. Oh, God. Let me to know the urgency of your spirit, I pray. Oh, let me know the urgency of your spirit, I pray. Let me not make excuse for a lifestyle that's contrary to your word. But I pray in your mercy and love, touch my mind, my heart, and my soul. Let my thinking be rearranged to align with your word. Let my thought processes be in agreement with your word. I pray, crucify my thoughts and let the mind of Christ prevail in my spirit in the name of jesus i pray anoint my eyes to see the people around me anoint these lips of clay to declare your word with conviction and urgency oh god anoint my eyes to see my own condition oh lord that it would be examined by your word i want to be prepared i want to be prepared for the day that you come for your church In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I'll humble myself. I'll not make excuses any longer. I'll not try to justify actions that are contrary to where you're leading. I'll not try to justify disobedience to your word, but I'll humble myself in obedience as you lead, as you speak to my heart. God, where I don't know, send someone to give me answers and understanding in the Word of God. And I'll listen, I'll hear, and I'll be obedient to your Word. (laughs) In the name of Jesus. Examine my heart again. Examine my thoughts again. Uh, examine my spirit again. In the name of Jesus.